So we're now going to go across to the Narkom family and it's right that I should mention that in fact it's Abby Narkom's birthday today so happy birthday um, Abby and we're going to go across to the family and they're going to bring us our reading from Psalm 91. Good morning church. Today my family and I will be reading Psalm 91 from the New International Version. Let's hear the word of God. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make <coughs> the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Well, thank you, Narkom family. It's so lovely to hear Jacob and Reuben reading so well Psalm 91. And if you listen closely, you'd even hear Ezra in the background, not wanting to be left out and shouting a few times. Thank you, uh, Lawrence and your family. That was wonderful. And Psalm 91 is a wonderful psalm, well suited for those going through times of trouble and times of grief. It begins looking at where do we shelter? This is a psalm for danger, for times of exposure and encirclement. It's a psalm for the pandemic. It's all about where we go to in times of difficulty, when the rubber hits the road. It begs the question, where do you go when the proverbial hits the fan? The writer of this psalm is unknown to us. It doesn't mention it. But in the ancient Greek version, uh, in the version, in fact, Jesus and, and his disciples used it was attributed to King David, and it certainly has some similarities with other Psalms of David, but we don't ultimately know. 
but it doesn't spoil it for any any of that because it's a psalm that really relates to our present time in 2020. It's a psalm for those who are going through a storm and it begins with that statement whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So who is your shelter? And just where do you go during times of trouble? The psalmist says that the only shelter that will pass, uh, that will provide lasting security is God. And so the first thing he speaks about is our dwelling. Our dwelling. He writes, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Where do we go at times like this? When fear prevails, when people are terrified, do we take our children back to school? Do teachers go back into school? And what about PPE? And should we be wearing masks? All that fear that is circulating right now. Where do we find shelter? Do we seek to find shelter with God and in his presence? Because we're not find the shelter and peace of God if we actively run elsewhere. That's not because God doesn't love you, but that you choose not to go to him. Do we make him our, our dwelling, the place we want to shelter? Because that's where we find his peace. That's where we find his love. That's where we find his presence. We need to make him our shelter. And so in the first two verses of this psalm, we find actually there are four different descriptions of the kind of shelter God provides and four different names for God. All in the first two verses, God is described as the shelter in verse one and that we can rest in the shadow of the almighty in verse one. And then in verse two, it says that he is my refuge and then my fortress. You see, God is there for us. He wants to provide our security. He wants to be our fortress, our refuge, our shelter, the rest place for us. But you need to go to him to make him your shelter. The Reverend Augustus Toplady was the vicar of Bladen in uh, Blagdon, sorry, in Somerset. And when one day he was walking through Burrington Combe, um, about three miles from his vicarage, the clouds began to gather above his head and the horizon darkened and he, and he found himself engulfed in this terrible storm. Burrington Coombe is very exposed with very little shelter, but the vicar spotted a cleft that ran down this cliff beside the road. And so he ran over to this cliff, this massive rock, and managed to squeeze into the gap, into that cleft, and in that cleft, he found shelter. And as he stood there with the wind howling around him and the rain lashing the rock above his head, a song began to take form in his mind. And he found a playing card at his feet. And so he picked it up and he wrote on the back of that card these words. Rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. And so this popular hymn, had its birth in the midst of a terrible storm. And so this psalm tells us to find shelter in God because he will be a refuge. He will be our shelter. We can rest in his shadow, but we need to go to him. Where do you dwell in this storm? Augustus Top Lady 
had seen the cleft in the rock, but it only benefited him when he ran to it and squeezed into that gap. He could have stood there looking at it for years, and he would still be lashed and wet by the rain and the storm around him. We need to go to God, to run to God, to find his presence and love. The psalmist is quite emphatic about this. He says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. That's a promise for us this day. That's a promise that God wants to give us. We will rest if we just go to him. And we see this in the wonderful four names of God that the psalmist uses in those first four, uh, first two verses. He describes God as, or uses the name of God, the Most High, Eleon, which means that God is the highest God there is. There is none other, no one greater. He is the Supreme One. When it uses a Hebrew word, God is, in verse 1, the Almighty, Shaddai, a great word that means not just mighty, but almighty, in other words, the mightiest, the greatest, the most powerful there is. When you go to him, you're going to the most supreme and powerful being in time and space. There is no one greater. And then he describes him using the name, the Lord, the covenant name of God, Yahweh or Jehovah. This is the name of the God who makes agreements with us, who comes into covenant with us, who contracts himself with us. It's the God who will not break his covenant. He's a faithful God. And finally, this, this, the psalmist uses the common name from, for God, El. But what he uses it in is in the context of a personal relationship, telling us that God is a God who is a personal God. He writes in verse 2, describes God as my God in whom I trust. God is a personal being, someone who's not remote and far out there, but someone who we can get to know. This is the great joy of being a Christian. This is why I'm a Christian and I've been a Christian for many, many years, because it's such a privilege to know the mighty God who made this world, who gives me comfort even in difficult times. Christianity is not some believing in some fable, some myth. If it was, I wouldn't believe it. Trust me, I am quite a rational person. God has revealed himself to me, to me mightily in my life and answered so many prayers. I've got no doubt that God is alive, that God is real. But his son Jesus walked this earth. And the proof of it is when times like this happen, I run to him. I find my shelter in him. I crawl into that cleft and find rest in his shadow. God is a personal God, and we find this in the language that the psalmist uses. Because note the way he shelters us. He says in verse 4, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. We've heard this before, we spoke about this a few weeks ago. Because the Bible often takes up the picture of God as a mother eagle or a mother hen who gathers her chicks or eaglets under her wings. In fact, Moses begins his description in Deuteronomy chapter 32, where he writes of God as like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions, its big wings. And then we see Jesus, Jesus coming down from Bethany, walking down towards the valley of Jezreel. 
and they are on a hill facing Jerusalem. We see in the New Testament, or in the Gospels, Jesus crying out over that city. And he says this, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Our God wants to gather us under his wings. He wants to protect us. You see, it's the very nature of God to shelter us. God wants to, just like a mother hen or, or an eagle, a mother eagle wants to gather its, its brood and shelter them. That's what God wants to do with you. But you've got to run to him. You've got to make your journey towards him. So he can do that. If you run in the opposite direction, he can't cover you with his wings. This whole passage, this whole psalm, is talking about how God wants to protect you at this time. It says in verse 3, surely he will save you. In verse 4, he will. God wills to save you. It speaks about God and his faithfulness. You see, God is not just the most high God. He's not just the almighty Shaddai. He's also a loving God who wants to shelter and protect you. Why is it then so often we run away from God? Why is it we run in the opposite direction to God? We try and find comfort in alcohol or in drugs or in toxic relationships or in anything else except God himself. He becomes our last port of call. We cynically believe he, he can't love us because we don't love us. And yet he does. People don't try and find a temporary shelter when you can have the real thing. Psalmist writes in verse 5, you will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrows that fly by day. That's if you shelter in God. So he talks about God being our dwelling. And then he says that God needs to be our declaration. Our declaration. He writes in verses 9 to 10. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. To get this shelter, we need not just to dwell with God, but to trust him, to declare him our saviour. We're not talking about going to church here or wearing a cross around your neck. It's not even calling yourself to be a Christian. It's more real than that. It's to make God your profession. He becomes your badge, someone you want to talk about. Because God has helped you, you want to help others by bringing his help and his contact and his presence into their lives says in verse 9, if you say the Lord is my refuge and make the most high your dwelling. There is an if here because you can't benefit from that shelter unless you go to him. If you, you say, look, if you make him your shelter, he will be your shelter. If you don't make him your shelter, he won't be your shelter because he can't be your shelter. If you run in the opposite direction to him. The psalmist is telling us to trust God because it's only with God you will be sheltered. This is much more than simply a matter of faith. It's a matter of faith that works its way into action. We put God here and put God here. He is our spiritual and mental shelter. It's not that God suddenly builds a massive castle around believers. It, they don't spend all their lives looking down from the mighty ramparts of some stone edifice built to protect them. Note the psalmist here talks about us only having a physical security or fabric. 
He says in verses 9 to 10, If you say the Lord is my shelter and make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Tents are not very secure. They can protect you from the, the elements. But even big winds can rip apart a tent. They're not very secure. The shelter here is not in the fabric, the physical fabric around us. The shelter here is in the mental knowledge that God is taking care of you because you put your life, you trust in him with you and your family and everything else. We have that wonderful promise, it says in verse 11, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. We may only have a tent as our physical home, but we have the mighty guardians of God around that tent. <laughs> I mean, who needs a castle when you've got guardian angels that God gives us? He will protect you because God is in control. God is in charge. This doesn't mean you will not experience trouble in life. Life is full of trouble. That's what life is and being a Christian does not mean you will not suffer pain or suffer at all but it means you will never be alone during the storm it means that for you God is in control it means God will guard and shelter you throughout life's up and down its ebbs and its lows God will there be there for all of that and doubts may come and let's be honest doubts on the flip side of faith. You can't have faith without doubt. If you have doubts this morning, then trust me, they are normal to any Christian, anyone who wants to believe. Just like you can't have courage without fear, so you can't have faith without doubt. Doubt or unbelief provides the context of our faith, just as fear provides the context of courage. Courage is something you choose over a fear just like faith is something you choose over doubt last weekend we celebrated VE Day the 75th anniversary and those young men who went to war those young women who supported the war effort here who faced dangerous situations they weren't people without fear of course they were scared at times they were absolutely terrified but they chose courage over fear. They embraced courage and went on and did their duty. Doubt is a common experience for a Christian, but we don't give in to doubt. We don't succumb to doubt. We overcome it by faith. We trust to believe the one we've come to know because he's proved himself worthy of our faith more than that. And so the psalmist then talks about us dealing with that fear. He writes in verse 15, you will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. These are animals that are used elsewhere in the Bible to describe Satan. Satan, who's the enemy. That's literally what Satan means, Satan as enemy. And he's the enemy of us during this pandemic because Satan is the purveyor of fear. That's what he does. He doesn't like gospel and good news. He likes bad news. He seeks to pull us down and destroy us and destroy those around us. Satan is described as a lion in 1 Peter. Peter writes, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. And elsewhere, of course, Satan appears to Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3 as a serpent, as a snake. 
psalmist here is referring to. These elements of doubt and fear that would seek to creep into our minds and pull us down. But in faith we can trample on them. Because we believe in one greater than that lion, than that serpent. But this only happens when we have that relationship. This only happens when we make God our dwelling. This only happens when we make God our declaration. And finally it only happens when we make God our desire. Our desire. The psalmist stresses throughout Psalm 91 that the Christian faith is a personal faith. Being a Christian is not about academic knowledge. You don't need to be a theologian and be able to recite the Bible from cover to cover. It's not about attending church even. You can go to your local football stadium every week, but that will never make you a footballer. It's not even about being a nice person. That's someone who loves everyone and tries not to do anyone any harm. These are all good things, perhaps, but they don't make you a Christian. A Christian who is someone who is in a relationship with God. Someone who has a relationship with Shaddai, the Almighty One, who makes God their dwelling. They move in with God, quite literally. So they love God. And Psalm 91 tells God says this to us. He says, because he loves me, because she loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue them. I will protect them, for they acknowledge my name. God said it's because we're in that relationship that he will, he will rescue us. Because we love him. Because we've made him our dwelling. Because we've made him our declaration. The word here for love literally means to set our hearts on or to desire. Do you desire God today? Do you love God? You see, we receive God's protection when we both make him our dwelling and our declaration and when we make him our desire. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We enjoy the shelter of God when he is the place that we run to. Not as a last resort, not because the other shelters are closed, but because we want to be there. We want to be under his wings. We want to feel his arms around us. Verse 14, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, from, for he acknowledges my name. And then God says in verse 15, he will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honour him. God hears the person who loves God, not because God is biased towards us, or because that person is a good person. I'm a minister. I'm not wearing a dog collar today, but I'm a minister, but I'm not a good person. I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to be a better person. God loves me because he is love. And because I desire to know God and to love him back. And God loves us not because we're good people. But because we're honest people. We admit we can't make it on our own. We reach out to him and say, God help me. I've screwed up. My life's a mess. I need your help. We're honest people. We're genuine people. We're people that cry out to him with honest prayers of faith. These are honest prayers. 
because we cannot do this thing called life without him. You see, God sees our heart. He doesn't merely listen to the words upon our lips. He knows truly what we're saying. It says in Galatians 6 verse 7, do not be deceived, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You know, we can deceive other people. We can pretend to other people. We can live lives that aren't real to other people, but God sees our heart. He cannot be mocked. He cannot be deceived. Do you love God this morning? Do you desire to know him better? People, God is there for us. He wants to be our shelter. But the question is, will you run to him? Because if you do, you will find a wonderful confirmation of Psalm 91, found in Romans 8, where Paul says to us, if God is for us, who can be against us? Make God your dwelling today. Make God your declaration. Make God your desire. Because then you will find your shelter, your rest, your protector and your salvation. Amen. Let's speak to God in prayer. Lord, we pray that you may convey the truths of Psalm 91 into our lives. Lord, if we're thinking about making a decision but want to put it off, perhaps think about it more, help us just to respond. Help us to make you our dwelling today to come to you to begin that journey of experiencing your love day by day, experiencing the power of prayer, the comfort of knowing we can pray for those we can't even embrace or reach, the great comfort of knowing that you've got this world in your hand, and more than that, you've got my life in your hand, which you are in control. But you're not just in control. You're not just the powerful one, Elion, the almighty one, El Shaddai. But you, Father God, are the one who covenants with us, you want to come into an arrangement with us. And you began that arrangement with the cross, paying the price of our sins, removing the, the wrong between us and you so that we can come to you, so we can run to you and find shelter in you. Once we acknowledge your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, give us humility. Give us wisdom. Give us honesty. And help us, Father God, to discover you as the great God that you are. Not only the God who made this universe, but the God who wants to reach over each one of us and protect us from this storm with your feathers and with your wings. Lord Jesus, help us to learn and to trust in you and to rest in your peace and your presence. Amen.